We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today at DraftKings.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Sunday box scores for fantasy basketball action. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. You can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast at the fantasyhoopsinsider.com. 
Benny, welcome to another fine week of fancy basketball action. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, getting into full swing now. We had a Sunday with a lot of games here to talk about. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it almost feels like it's full-on basketball season now with NFL winding down. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a lot of interesting things happened over the weekend news-wise and um, fancy um, NBA action-wise. So we'll dive right into it here. Uh, we'll start with the news off the top, then we'll go box score by box score and um, break it all down. And hopefully we'll have everything covered to you in a nice tight bow in about 30 to 45 minutes. So let's go ahead and break that down uh, now here. But before we do that, we got to let you know that the Rotowire Fancy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, throw us five stars, maybe five and a half. Feel a little extra generous. We would definitely appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and start with the latest news off the top. Um, did you happen to catch Damian Lillard going absolute ham sandwich here with eight trays in that comeback win for 31.7 and 9 with two steals against the Oklahoma City Thunder? I um, saw a little bit of it. I definitely was watching the box score and, uh, you know, watching his score go up in, in some of the fantasy games out there. I think that it's safe to say that he is completely back. People were worried, you know, how long it was going to take him to get back from that injury. He had a slow game in his first game back, and then in the last three games, he's just gone absolutely bananas. So I think it's safe to say that if you have Damian Lillard, he should be back in your lineups and, uh, you know, one of those guys that you don't think about and you just play him every day. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it looks like he's absolutely ready to roll. I was ready to roll him from game one, even in limited minutes, because they just have a such a ineffective offense outside of C.J. McCollum. But, um, yeah, all systems go for Damian Lillard, and uh, exciting win for them uh, at home against the OKC uh, there as well. Um, Mark Stein on Twitter is reporting that Joe Johnson is not seeking a buyout. Um, he is an expiring contract, but uh, it's very tough for – uh, the Nets to really find a taker that can that can add twenty five million to their payroll um, at the deadline. So I, I don't maybe he is not pursuing a buyout now, but I would not be surprised if he actually does end up getting bought out sometime between now and the trade deadline. So obviously this guy's not going to complain about making twenty five million, and I wouldn't be in a rush to take a buyout either. If um, I was Joe Johnson, you, you know, when you know that your your market is um you know going to be limited at best for in terms of what you what you're going to make. I'm sure he'll he'll get a contract next year if he uh wants to play, but you really just asking him to take a a a big old huge pay cut. Um mm-hmm. if you if you do buy him out this year. So um I I'd be surprised if he actually gets moved at the at the trade deadline. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Cavaliers, but I don't think the Cavaliers are going to just randomly send back you know, twenty something million assets just to make Joe Johnson work. Uh, yeah, and I I think the big problem that the Nets are going to have is in order for them to get somebody to take his contract, they're probably going to have to take back a worse contract. So they're honestly better off just either buying him out or letting him just play out the year and getting off their salary cap that way. Because what's the point of trading him if you got to take back a guy who has? They're going to have to take back twenty five million in bad contracts, but. You got a guy whose contract's going to be off your books after this year anyway. Why, you know, I don't think there's anybody else with expiring contracts that can match that, you know, that they would be willing to make that trade for. There would be no upside in it for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's absolutely. the, what's the upside for them to make, to make that trade? So. Right. They're trying to rid, shed themselves of salary and they're still going to have to end up, you know, the way the trade rules work, I think you have to take 
back like 80% of the contract value that you're trading right. in order to make it work. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they come like how a team comes up with 20 million that they just want to dump that right. um you know the Brook- that Brooklyn would be interested in. It's not you know it's not that enticing to have 5 million in savings if you don't like any of the assets coming back. So you know, and it's probably too good of a player or too good of a combination of players either with in that 20 million mix for you to rent, get a, you know, Joe Johnson rental and feel like it's going to be worth it long term. So, yeah, the only the only way I see Joe Johnson being on another team this year is if he does get bought out. But like I said, why would the why would the Nets do that? You know, like at this point, you might as well just let the guy play out the year and then go his separate ways and take the, you know, 25 million dollars that you were paying him and. Try to get some other assets, uh, you know, in free agency this off season to come in. Yeah, I totally agree with you wholeheartedly. So um, let's see how that ends up, uh, you know, shaking out uh, overall. But um, probably an ent- a guy who, you know, wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Nets change their tune, and I won't be surprised if Joe Johnson says thanks but no thanks. So uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Julius Randle for the. Um, LA Lakers against, according to Mark Medina on Twitter, is has been diagnosed with a bone bruise. Um, did able did end up gutting out this game, but it looks like he may in time maybe in lines miss some time. So this is obviously going to be an error up for those Larry Nance owners or for people who are who are looking to stream a, like a like a decent rebounding a power forward option. Uh, Randall um, may um, be a guy who gets rested a little bit, and you know um, the way it was right now. Um, you know, Larry Nance Jr. was already getting more minutes than Julius Randle as it was. So, um, for the most part, he did actually play 27 minutes in this last game, um, but also did file out. So, um, how do you see this sh- uh, shaking out overall? Do you still feel like Julius Randle is at some point, like Byron Scott's going to wake up and, you know, give him the, 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 the starters and minutes that he deserves? Or are we always going to have to deal with Larry Nance Jr. for this, for this entire season? I mean, I think the thing that people really need to understand is it doesn't matter who you think is the better player. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're playing fantasy, who's going to get you the better production? Who's the guy that's there? Like you said, already we have Lance playing more minutes. Um, Lance, Nance playing more minutes. So as long as Larry Nance is playing more minutes, and now with this situation, it looks like those minutes might be a little more solidified. If you're looking to put somebody on your team, I mean, Nance is the guy that you got to look at right now. You know, whether or not, I mean, I know you and I talk about it all the time, how we're like, you know, uh, is Randall, you know, playing 20 minutes, getting double doubles? Like, shouldn't this guy be getting more time? But the truth is, he isn't. So we can sit here and say he should be, he should be, he should be all we want. But as long as he's not getting those minutes, he, you know, you got to look at Nance over him right now. And you know, that's basically the way it works out. If Nance is a, a free agent in your league, you know, he's definitely a guy that's worth picking up. He can he can give you some decent numbers. He's probably going to see 30, 32 minutes right now, and. You know, high-paced offense team that uh, you know tends to play paced-up games. So I think he's a viable option. All right, let's talk about this really quick here. Um, you know, for rest of the season, you have to choose a guy right now to own rest of the way: Randall or Larry Nance Jr. I mean, again, like I said, I I think Randall's the more talented player, but we don't know how serious this injury is. He does have an injury history. I mean, he missed all last season since he's coming in. If you're asking me. Who I want in a keeper league, it's definitely going to be Randall. But for the rest of the season, based on what I've seen so far and the way things are going right now, I think Nance probably has a little bit more value. All right, fair enough. I think I would have to slightly agree with you there as well, but I would hate it overall. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but like I said, it's it's not who we think is better. It's 
who's going to get us more fantasy production, and right now that's Nance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier for the Denver Nuggets finally returns uh, after missing 14 games. He comes up with a decent line here. 11 points on 5 of 15 shooting, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block, and a 3. It looks like, um, you know, they uh, don't really care that he missed 14 games. They're just like, hey, we, yeah, we're, we'll let's go ahead and give you 39 minutes, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is basically, you know, going to force uh, fancy owners who are enjoying the Jimmy Nelson experience to um, you know, go ahead and, and drop him or or bench him for the most part. Uh, agreed here. Yeah, I mean, with Moody back, if if he's available, I think you pick him up. If you have him, I think you roll him back out there because they're giving him the minutes. Um, and if you're an owner of Jameer Nelson or Randy Foyer, and you were you know trying to get some cheap points there, I think those days are done right now. Absolutely. And then the last piece of news that we really, really need to go over here: Nikola Djokic ends up dropping nine dimes. In this game here, with seven rebounds, four points, and one block shot. Sorry. Um, the way that I'm going to take a look at this here is we still have an issue in terms of, you know, splitting time at, at the power forward position, and you know, what what do we do there? That's one thing thought there do, is one of the other guy, um, you know, or you know, is it somebody else uh, in the mix here at the center position that we that ends up winning this job? Or are we going? Do you feel like we're going to be looking? And it, uh, time split all season long. You know, I think it's a little bit interesting. They just got rid of um, Constance Papa Nicolau, who, you know, again, didn't play a lot of minutes, wasn't all that great, but with somebody else that was kind of jamming up the big guy works over there for them. Um, you got Farid, who's been on and off injured throughout the season so far. And, I mean, you, you're looking at, you know, Darrell Arthur, who – you know, isn't, is no spring chicken at this point playing a ton of minutes for them. So there are minutes there. I mean, all year long, I've been trying to figure out who the Denver big guys to have are going to be, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Jokic or Laverne, Lavernier or, you know, I mean, I, I still don't really know, but it is interesting to see him getting the minutes. You know, we talked about him earlier in the year, how we thought that he could be a viable option if he gets the minutes. You know, again, my biggest problem is I, I don't know how the big man minutes are going to work out with them going forward. So if you have him, I think he's a guy that you kind of hold on to. Um, you know, if he's available and you need somebody that you could throw on your bench if you're getting rid of somebody who's no longer producing anything, I'd be okay with that. But I wouldn't put too much stock or too much faith into it because right now you really don't know, you know, how that whole big man rotation is going to work out. It feels like. Every every game, it's a different big guy who has a good game for Denver, whether it's Jokic or Lavernier or Farid or, you know, Darrell Arthur. So, you know, I, I don't see enough consistency out of any of those guys to make them think that this is a guy I definitely need going forward. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. It's sort of a mess to sort of figure out. The one guy you were supposed to be able to count on was Farid. I believe he um, actually missed this game. Um, there and uh, looks like uh, personal reasons were listed for him, so not an yeah. an, an injury just to to uh, to narrow. Yeah, I think I think his wife was pregnant. I'm not positive on that, but I think that the personal thing was just that you know his baby was being born, so he should be back. You know, if not tomorrow, by the next game. And I don't think it's anything that's going to have a lasting other other than the lack of sleep, as you and I both know with little ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's anything that's going to have a lasting effect on him throughout the season. All right, fair enough. And he didn't actually miss Friday and Sunday. <laughs> we'll look for him to get back into action 
Um, not the uh, Denver Nuggets are not playing on Monday, so we should give them an extra day to get everything sorted out family-wise. Hopefully, um, everything is good, and congratulations to him if that's the case. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the news here for the most part. Let's go ahead and dive into the box scores for Sunday. Nine games to take a look at here. We're going to start up at the top um, at the New Orleans uh, Pelicans and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, New York, nothing new here in New Orleans. Pelicans drop another game, and I, I saw a lot of uh, you know fancy owners here or DFS players who have been like quite frustrated uh, with the fact that um, you know the, that Brow has been super consistent. He he um, gets the uh, DMP due to a back contusion. Overall, are you done with, with Brow in you know in terms of like expecting him to hold you know top five, top ten status the rest of the way in season long leagues, or do you think because of the injuries and because of all the you know um, you know, sort of fluky stuff that's happened to him this season that you can maybe make a case for him being by low. Well, here's here's the problem that you have with him is when he plays, he produces. You know, there, there's no arguments about it. He's one of the best players in the NBA. The problem is, as we're finding out this year, is that he he's very frail and, you know, at any point in time, he could wind up getting injured. Now, if you took him in your season-long draft, he was definitely a first-round pick, probably a top-five pick for you. Right now, I don't think you're going to get top-five value out of him. So if you wanted to trade him, you know, you're not going to be able to trade him for a LeBron or a Kevin Durant or a Russell Westbrook. I don't think the owners of those guys are going to want to mess with, you know, the injury situation that he's been having. So if you're looking to get rid of him right now, what are you really going to get back? You can't expect to get back a top-tier kind of guy. So I guess that would make him a buy-low candidate if you can offer the Brow owner in your league, you know, a deal or a package of guys that he would be willing to accept as long as you're not giving up your, you know, first-round stud. With that being said, you know, how much faith do I have in him for the rest of the year? I think that what we've seen from him is what we're going to see for the rest of the year. When he plays, he's going to put up numbers for you, but there are going to be games where... You know, there's going to be stretches of the season where two or three games here, two or three games there, you're going to be without him. There's going to be games where he plays 15 minutes and then, you know, sets a screen on somebody and somebody runs into him and he goes back to the locker room. So I don't know if he's worth what you need to pay for him in order to get him for the rest of the year if he's going to be playing like this. But, I mean, if you have him on your team, to me, you just kind of keep him, even though it's kind of a crappy situation. You keep him and you keep rolling him out there when he plays, and when he doesn't play, you know, you sit him on the bench and you try to make do with what you have. I don't really think that you're going to be able to trade him for anything near fair value, so I think you're just kind of stuck with him at this point. All right, fair enough. Uh, I can see uh, the case being made for um, that uh, approach overall. To me, I'm okay with him with a buy low if you can get if you if you can pay like a second round price tag. On him overall. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, if the Brow owner in your league is willing to get rid of him, if he's just had enough and they'll trade him for, you know, somebody somebody who wasn't your first-round pick or somebody who's not your top overall player, yeah, I mean, I would definitely do it. I still think that the guy's got a ton of upside when he plays. I just think that he's going to be a very frustrating player that's going to be on your team for the rest of the year if you do do it that way. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <coughs> anything else that you want to um, mention or we can learn from these uh, – uh, this box score from these two teams. 
I mean, with him out, you saw a lot of minutes for like Ryan Anderson and and Dante Cunningham. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but you know, obviously Ryan Anderson, if he was one of those guys that you had on your bench, um, you know, as long as he's out, I think you can roll Ryan Anderson every day in there. Uh, you know, Tariq Evans is going to be taking on the biggest load, so I think he gets a bump up. You know, again, if you have Tyreek on your team, you're probably rolling him out there every day. Uh, one of the interesting stat lines that I saw here was um, Omir Asik, who finally played 26 minutes in this game, had 8 points and 11 rebounds, which is pretty solid for, uh, you know, a guy who had been dropped in most leagues because of the lack of production and lack of minutes. So he's probably the only interesting guy that I'm really looking at here. And then the other thing that I want, wanted to say to people, I mean, Drew Holiday is not starting yet, but that doesn't really matter. Um, he is playing 30 to 35 minutes. They lifted the minutes restriction on him, and he's putting up some big numbers as well right now. So those are a couple of the things that I'm looking at. If I can get Holiday for cheap, you know, he was probably a guy who was a late-round flyer for most people because he was hurt at the beginning of the year or might have even been a guy that was on waivers in your league. So if you picked him up and you got him cheap, I think, um, you know, right now he's playing well and he's minutes and all that and he had people interested in him. It might be a good time to see if you can flip him for a guy who is, you know, like maybe a third to fifth round draft pick or something like that. If you can get one of those kind of guys for Holiday who you probably picked up off waivers or got late in the draft as a flyer, I think, um, you know, that would be a, a good situation. Or even if you wanted to keep him, you know, the, the numbers he's been putting up lately makes, makes him a viable option. You know, I mean, he, he's a guy that's a, a, a triple-double threat because he can get you the assist, he rebounds very well for a point guard, and, and he can score. So, you know, I definitely um, think that Drew Holiday is somebody that I'm, I'm interested in and, and trying to see if I can acquire, you know, whether it be through free agency or through trade in a lot of the leagues that I'm in. All right, fair enough. Uh, before we move on to the next box score, I want to let you know that it's still um, uh, plenty of time for you to join the uh, fancy action all season long at DraftKings.com, the officially the official daily fancy basketball partner of Rotowire. Uh, with daily fancy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster, playing whenever you want, pick a new team every time you play, challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against the basketball fans from around the country for big prices. So go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of Rotowire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next box score that we have on tap here, Benny. And if I could pull it up, that would be something that would be very useful for me. Um, If I can't pull it up, then that's going to be the rest of the show. So... Um, there we go. Got it. Uh, Dallas at Minnesota. Dallas wins 93-87 to here. Um, any takeaways for fancy value from this box score? Yeah, I kind of felt like this game was a lot lower scoring than I thought it was going to be. Um, I was expecting a few more points here. A- and there's actually something that I don't really know why it's happening right now, but I kind of wanted to get your take on it because I think it's something important to talk about. Carl Anthony Towns goes from looking like a superstar last week to basically looking like a guy who, you know, I wouldn't even want on a 10-team roster this week. You know, he had, what, 10 points, 4 rebounds in this game, played only 25 minutes, whereas last week we saw games out of him where he scored 25 and 14. I mean, is is this kind of erratic, up-and-down, you know, one-week good performance, one-week bad performance? Like, is this what we're going to be expecting out of this guy for the rest of the year? Because I really felt like he had turned that corner, and now, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know 
you know, if I have the same faith in him going forward for the rest of the season that I thought I had last week when, you know, he looked like he was one of the best centers in the league. Yeah, you know, for me, I think that he's got a little bit of the rookie wall situation got going on, and I think it's actually could be compounded by uh, Nikola Pekovic returning there as well. So um, I, I, in, in my mind, I think this is just what you're going to sort of get the rest of the way. You're going to get a, a week-plus stretch of, of monster performances, and you're going to get another stretch where you're like, ooh, eight points, you know, and five rebounds or something like that. You're just not going to mm-hmm. really uh, be excited with what he did. You know, he didn't do terrible. He was efficient. It's like, you know, five of nine uh, with four rebounds and, you know, an assist and a steal, two blocks. But you, you don't want to, what you don't want to see is him – uh, with a guy like Ricky Rubio, Shabazz Muhammad, um, you know, all getting more shots than than he um, does in this offense. So uh, that's sort of on Ricky Rubio for one, for him shooting more than Carl Anthony Towns, which should just basically never happen. And, you know, on, on that, it's also on the coaches, you know, for him to like, you know, be limited to only 25 minutes when he only had three personal fouls. There's really no reason while why you know the, the future of your franchise along with Andrew Wiggins should be limited to that unless he's hitting the rookie wall or he's tired or mm-hmm. you know potentially hurt so I think this is something you're just going to sort of suffer through the the uh, the rest of the way um, and speaking of uh, Nikola Pekovic he plays 15 minutes in this game uh, does get four points one rebound uh, t- t- right now it's just sort of looks like it's just coming at the expense of of Kevin Garnett you would hope that they don't play. Um, you know, too many minutes, um, you know, in favor of him, in favor, um, uh, at the expense of Carl Anthony Towns, but they both are centers there. And Nikola Pekovic really isn't a guy that you can sort of, you know, play at the power forward position alongside Carl Anthony Towns, but you can shift Carl Anthony Towns to the four. So, mm-hmm. well, 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 that's something that we'll also have to keep an eye on, peeled on and, and, uh, see what ends up happening there as well. Uh, on the Dallas side, there not too much to to make note of other than you know um, Darren Williams is back healthy. He is probably going to still get rested periodically. Uh, JJ Barrera and Raymond Felton, who you know guys who were popular pickups last week, are back to you know deep league status only. And then you got Javale McGee getting in the mix here. Um, you know he may be like a good cheap source of blocks, but don't expect him to get too many minutes overall. Did play 16 minutes in this last game. You know eight points, four rebounds. Didn't actually have a block in this. In this game, but um, you know, really only deep league only option. It's all all that we can really learn overall um, from this box score. Agreed here in terms of Dallas, sort of just you know, you you got what you got with the starters and the bench guys, not really a viable in the standard leagues. Yeah, I think I think that I like some of these starters on Dallas a little more than other people do, and I wouldn't mind trying to pick some of them up on the cheap in a trade. Um, like Zaza's been putting up double doubles basically in like his last six or seven games. He's averaging a little over, you know, he's not going to get you huge. He's not going to go like 20 and 15, but he's getting you like, you know, 13, 14, 15 points, 10, 11, 12 rebounds every game. And, you know, that's solid and consistent center production that you're getting there. I think that, uh, Parsons is starting to round it out and get back into shape a little bit more. He's still a little up and down, but. You know, I think that he's a 15 to 20 point a game scorer that can add some other stats for you. So I think that people are still, you know, haven't really completely caught up to the fact that he's pretty much back to what he has been. And then Dirk Nowitzki has been really picking up his scoring over the last couple games. It feels like he's taken a few more shots, taking more of the offense on his, on his back. I mean, look at this game. He had 22 shot attempts. Darren Williams had 10 shot attempts. He was the only other guy that took double digit shots. So, 
you know, Dirk took twice as many shots, more than twice as many shots as anybody else on the team. So again, I don't, I think that people still undervalue him because he's, he's an old man at this point, but Dirk's still getting it done. So, you know, if I could pick up any of those guys on the cheap where, you know, as a throw in in a trade that somebody else doesn't value as highly as I do, I think I would be looking to do that. All right, fair enough. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, box score that we have on tap. And, you know, this is the, working out actually perfect for me. Every time I'm ready to move, the screen freezes for me. <laughs> this is like a perfect scenario. So, okay, flipping back here. Okay, now we got it. Um, Boston versus Memphis. Memphis handles uh, their business. Close game overall, 98-101 to 101 win. Let's talk about your thoughts on uh, fa- fantasy analysis for the uh, Sunday box score here. Yeah, Memphis um, Memphis to me has been a tough team to kind of figure out because, you know, we, we talked about how they go with that four-wide set right now where they're going with Jeff Green at the four and, and Matt Barnes at the three. But if you look here, you also got Zach Randolph again throwing in another 35, 38-minute performance here. So as long as we have... Um, as long as we got a, um, you know, him playing a lot of minutes, I think Zach Randolph's a guy that's back in play for me. Uh, Jeff Green hasn't really been producing, so I know people loved him, but you know, kind of off of that whole situation now. And then um, with Conley being out, I think for now you got, you know, Chalmers has been putting up some pretty good games. I don't think it's going to last all season, but you know, if you can pick him up right now to get some uh, some cheap minutes for the next week or so until Conley comes back, I think that's um, about as much as I'm looking at on the Memphis side. All right, so for me, yeah, um, Jeff Green continues to disappoint overall, so I'm just going to completely slow my role in terms of using him for DFS and using him and as, expect him to do more with what he's got at that you know that stretch four position. So they're still going with it, but actually Zad Radinoff is a guy who you know won the day and owned mm-hmm. this game here with with 25 13, so he's still viable and probably still more uh, viable than a um, you know a, a, a player of Jeff Green's caliber at this point. And then on the other side here, um, for the for the Boston Celtics, not too much to, you know, really um, make note of. Amir Johnson got some good good run here. Jay Crowder, um, you know, played thirty minutes, does what he normally does. You would like some score to score a little bit more, but chipped in um, all around and um, same sort of situation here. You know, Solinger, Olenek playing twenty two, twenty five minutes um, and David Lee coming up with another 15 minutes, so uh, not something that you're terribly excited for if you're playing on, you know, expecting for consist- consistent production from their uh, their bigs, their sort of, sort of status quo um, in that spot. All right, before we move on to the next box score, we have to let you beloved pod listeners know that if you haven't subscribed to rotowire.com, now is the time to do so. If you like the advice of our fancy podcast, you're going to love our website, so you can try it for free on a 10-day trial at rotowire.com slash pod. and get lineup optimizers for all your DFS sports that you love, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, and soccer, up-to-the-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, and complete draft kits for all the major sports in NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and that, those draft kits are available online in magazine format and more. So make sure you check it out, rotowire.com, free 10-day trial. Tell them Benny and Josh sent you, and we'll... Um, Pretty sure that you'll be able to um, enjoy it, and once you sign up, you'll have the information that we have that we use for our analysis for our DFS and season-long uh, leagues, and you'll be ready to roll. All right, next box score up on tap. I'm actually ready this time. Can you believe it? Uh, Cleveland at Philadelphia. 95-85 win here. A little bit surprised that Cleveland didn't handle business in a more efficient fashion, uh, but other than that, what can we learn in terms of fantasy value here? Uh, 
about, yeah, I mean, you know, LeBron James was very, very good, but I think we already knew LeBron James was good. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that I've really kind of learned here, um, or the only thing that I think is of note, is that Jaleel Okafor is back to getting big minutes. Mm-hmm. And Nerlens Noel is still getting big minutes as well. You know, Nerlens hadn't been playing as many minutes before Okafor went out. When Ish Smith came in, him and Ish really, you know, showed a spark together. So I think the three guys at this point on Philly who are the three guys you want anywhere near your rosters are Ish Smith, Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, and I don't think I would mess with anybody else on that team. Yep, yeah, I agree with you there as well. And, and nothing to really note on the on the Cavs side uh, either out of, out of this matchup here uh, overall. I mean, Kevin yeah. Love had a, had a decent game here. Tristan Thompson is getting the majority of the minutes, and, you know, mm-hmm. Vergel gets draws a DMP. Uh, Timothy Moskov is playing his nine minutes now, so he's not really a viable option. And then, yeah. you know, um, Mo Williams got DMP'd here, but I believe this is sort of related to the thumb injury, not an actual DMP CD. So, um, yeah, the only, the only real thing that stands out for me for the Cavs is that, you know, you just mentioned it too. It was like Tristan Thompson has basically taken over the starting center role from, from Mozgov. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the only thing of note here. I don't think, um, Mozgov is somebody that I would still want on my teams if I had him. And I would be perfectly okay picking up Tristan Thompson now because this isn't just a one-game thing. We've now seen this over a couple games that he's pretty much their starting center and probably their best interior player as well. So I think that's the only thing I would take from this moving forward. All right, and we will move forward ourselves here to the Indiana Pacers with a 103-107 loss to the Houston Rockets at home here. Let's talk about some fantasy value that we can derive out of this matchup. Yeah, I mean, Paul George had a really bad first half. Um, you know, he didn't play all that well. And then came out in the third quarter and just, you know, assists. I think he wound up with like seven steals in this game. Yeah, seven steals. Um, you know, so he, he really helped you out in that category. Only had 20 points. I was expecting this to be a little bit higher scoring. I know, you know, both teams got it over 100. But with these two teams, I did expect a, a lot more scoring here. Um, Monta Ellis, 13 assists. I don't really think that's something that's repeatable. He's never really been known as a guy who, you know, racks up assists and, and creates a lot for other players. So not much going on there. Um, you know, Jan Mahini is playing some big minutes, but, you know, not really anything with huge upside. And then on the Houston side of the ball, you know, I think it's still a mess with their big guy situation. You know, Dwight Howard played 42 minutes, but if you were looking for guys like Clint Capella or um, Terrence Jones to really do something, they haven't really been doing much. Uh, with Lawson out, you are seeing more minutes out of Beverly. He's not giving you huge production, but I think that he can definitely be a nice fill-in guy right now because he's playing a lot of minutes without Lawson out. And then, you know, the usual. If you have, uh, you know, Harden on your team, you're probably starting him. Ariza's a decent small forward, you know, middle to, you know, mid-tier kind of play if he's somebody on your team. Other than that, I didn't really learn anything new. Um, you know, Beverly's about the only guy that I think I'm ticking up based on recent information. Yeah, and for Philly, Nick Stauskas is starting to get shooting guard starters minutes, but he's not really doing a ton with it overall. So, I mean, maybe a deep league only option. But, uh, you know, Robert Covington off the bench actually, you know, was actually more useful of a player than Nick Stauskas. So something else uh, to note there. See if they can get, um, you know, Covington back rolling here in, in a different role. All right, next box score up on tap here, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks at the New York Knicks here. Uh, New York takes uh, the win at home, uh, 100 to uh, 88. 
Uh, Milwaukee Bucks continued struggle um, here throughout the season, very inconsistent overall, and still haven't figured out you know how to consistently uh, play the players in their starting rotation. Somebody ends up suffering every single time. This time it's Michael Carter Williams. He goes one of eight, uh, very inefficient there. Just four four points, two of four from the free throw line uh, overall. Jabari Parker continues to. Do what he can with limited minutes, you know, 14 and, and 6 with, in 32 minutes played, but, you know, didn't get the shot attempts that um, Greg Monroe or Chris Middleton uh, ended up getting there as well. So um, anything else that we need to know about this matchup? I mean, like you said, it's so hard to figure this team out because last week you had MCW going absolutely crazy for near triple doubles every night. You know, Middleton has probably been the solidest guy, mostly because of the minutes. I mean, he's still playing like 36 to 40 minutes a game. So I think that he's the guy who is probably the solidest of everybody on this team to look at. And he's taking his shots and putting up his points and all that stuff. But other than that, I mean, you never really know what's going to happen. Is Parker going to have a good game? Is Giannis going to have a good game? Is Greg Monroe going to have a good game? Is, you know, um, Chris Middleton going to have a good game? I mean, you know, whatever it is, it is. I mean, you know, it, it's just so hard to figure it that it's tough to figure it for fantasy purposes because... You know, we've seen it different. The one thing I do like is they are playing a little bit paced up, so that kind of ticks up everybody a little bit on the team, um, which kind of gives you a little bit of a better floor on everybody. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I really don't know which way to take it. I mean, like I said, MCW played 22 minutes this game after scoring, you know, 30, 40 fantasy points last week. It's just there's too much uncertainty. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. The only thing that really we need to note is OJ Mayo missed this game here with a sore left hamstring, and it looked like, you know, um, Rashad Vaughn picked up um, the majority of the backup minutes, uh, and Jared Bayless got, it says DNPCD, so if that's the case, then, uh, he isn't really viable to as a backup option, as, you know, that was a guy who was actually getting starters minutes over MCW when MCW was struggling, and he struggled again in this matchup, so. Uh, hard to tell how it ends up shaking out, but we probably don't want two two shares of anybody else besides the starters. All right, uh, Charlotte up next here. They lose ninety two to ninety five to the uh, Denver Nuggets. We talked about uh, Manuel Mudiay coming back in this matchup and how um, that affected Jameer Nelson, who also ended up sitting, uh, I believe, due to injury. It does say he's D and PCD, but I believe I think the news on him was actually a hip injury. So um, we'll, we'll we'll check on it. We'll, we'll sort of keep tabs on that. But I think that we have to sort of be invested in, in Mudiay going forward. Um, any other um, reaction here in terms of fantasy value for this matchup. Yeah, there's a couple things that I'll go through real quick. Um, Cody Zeller's a viable option as long as Big Al and Spencer Hawes are, are out or not playing all that many minutes. Um, don't think he's going to give you huge upside, but I do think he's he's worth an add and shouldn't be on the waiver wire in anybody's leagues, 10-team or above. Um, on the other side, I think the thing that stands out most to me with Denver is – Danilo Gallinari is their best player, and he's going to be getting the shots, he's going to be getting the minutes, and he's going to be the guy who produces the most. I think the guy who got hurt the most by him coming back is obviously Will Barton. We haven't seen a big Will Barton game basically since, uh, you know, Gallo came back. He's lost a couple minutes, and he's lost a lot of his, you know, when he's on the floor that he was kind of like the main guy or the guy that they were looking to get shots for. I mean, Gary Harris is still playing more minutes than Will Barton. I guess that's a defensive thing. I guess they figure Barton can't guard two guards. But I would almost be trying to get Barton and Gallinari on the floor together because I think they're two of my better players. Um, again, you talked about the point guard thing already with Moutier back and, you know, Jameer Nelson being banged up and, 
you know, Foyer being a backup and that whole mess and situation now. And then we talked about the power forwards and the centers and the big guys with Jokic and Arthur and, you know, Lavernier and Nurkic, uh, Nurkic before, you know, before we even started getting into all this stuff. So I think at the big guy spot, there's just too many options. I think Barton is a guy that's no longer the stud that he was. If you can trade him right now and still get something for him, I would definitely do it. And I think Gallo is the one guy on this team that I would want on any of my fantasy teams because it looks like he's going to be the big dog for them. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So, um, aside from that, I think it's all it's all status quo here. Not too not too much uh, to keep in mind. Of Jeremy Lin had been doing a um, very nice job overall, uh, filling in, uh, giving you uh, starters minutes and starters level production. So as long as that um, continues to be the case when he is uh, in, in the lineup, you like him. But then when he's out of the lineup for whatever reason, he struggled in those games. I'm willing to throw that. Out. I think he's 14 team slash 12 team that. Uh, viable depending on that matchup, even with the bad game. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. And we've already talked about the the merry-go-round happening at the uh, front court position for Denver. So we can move on to the game that we previously mentioned at the top of the show here, Portland uh, at Oklahoma City. They come back in a huge way on the heels of Demon Lillard going um, absolute nuts out from beyond the arc. Um, any other reactions to the either of these rotations here in this matchup? Yeah, um, well, with Lillard back, basically Lillard and McCollum are the only two guys on Portland that I think we really want to have or that are viable. Would you agree with that? Yes. All right, so we can pretty much move on from Portland at that point. If you have Lillard or McCollum, make sure they're in your lineups. Nothing else really matters. For OKC, um, obviously, you know, Westbrook, Duran, if you took them, they're they're probably your first-round pick. Those guys are playing. You know, Abaka's been okay. Now, here's the only interesting thing I see on, on OKC. You know, everybody got all excited two weeks ago when Cantor had two or three really good games off the bench, but he still only played like 20, 25 minutes in each one of those. Steven Adams played 35 minutes in this game and Cantor played 12. So is it fair to say that Steven Adams is the big guy that you want from Oklahoma City if you're going to take one of those two between him and Cantor? Because right now, I don't think I want Canner on any of my teams, but I wouldn't mind having Adams, um, you know, if I'm in a deeper league for the rebounding and the, you know, the blocks and the points that he can get you there. The way I think this is, you need to take a look at this here is, um, it sort of depends on what you're looking for. Because from like a scoring perspective and an ups, overall upside perspective, and even with Steven Adams producing pretty well, going, I mean, he went six of six and shot nine free throws, which is not normal for him. You know, to him to, but you know that the Portland has like the worst, maybe the worst front line in the NBA in terms of you know having you know solid defenders or guys who are who, who can be rim protectors as well as scorers on the opposite end. So they don't provide a big threat and they don't defend it too particularly well either. There. So I mean, I know Cantor had a down game, only scored five points and six rebounds, but to me, they're sort of it's it's actually a coin toss because we've seen plenty of games where Cantor with you know twenty to twenty three minutes ends up out producing or. Um, you know, Steven Adams in terms of fantasy value. So uh, there's that. So they just bring different dimensions. If you need a, a more of a shot blocker or a better rebounder, uh, so a banging type, Adams is definitely the guy that you want. But if you need a little bit more scoring punch out of your center position or power forward, depending on, you know, where he's eligible for Enos Cantor, then I think you roll there. So you just need to take a look at your roster and your team and decide what is more valuable to you because – I think both of them are viable. I do own shares of both of them, to be, to be honest, in different leagues and I, for different reasons. So I think that's the way that you need to approach that. 
All right, last game on tap here. Utah Laker, Utah at, at the LA Lakers. They end up winning the game 86 to 74. Looks like a third quarter score, but it's not a typo. Uh, they actually finished the game with, you know, 160 points total <laughs> there. So if you bet the under, you were good. And if you expected a lot of production from the Lakers, you were sad, uh, because, you know, they did what they normally do. Kobe Bryant, um, is suffering from an, uh, an Achilles strain, uh, br- Brandon Bass did not dress. He has a corneal abrasion. And D'Angelo Russell still batting a uh, sprained ankle. And then we talked about what happened with Julius Randle, you know, um, and that injury that could linger uh, and what that means for Larry Nance, who ended up playing 37 minutes in double-doubled, 11 and 10. So that's pretty much what you need to know from the Lakers' perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, I mean, the guys who played shot bad, but that's nothing new, you know, overall. So I don't don't think anybody's surprised by that. Anthony Brown still getting a ton of runs, still stinks. So nothing to, to note there. Anything on the Utah side that you want to talk about before we uh, put a bow on the show well yeah I mean you got you got Rudy Gobert coming back so that's always going to help them um actually what what I think the big deal with Gobert coming back is not so much his fantasy production as it is the fact that as we saw here by them holding LA to only 75 points is it's going to affect how other teams play against them so if you have some streaming options and you have two guys one of them happens to be going up against Utah Probably a better idea to look at the other guy if the two of them are, are close or, you know, not too far off from each other. Um, other than that, though, I mean, not much that I see here. You know, Rodney Hood has been banged up in and out of the lineup, but he's basically their second leading scorer at this point with Gordon Hayward being the guy who's handling the most of the situation. And, you know, until they get favors back, I mean, that's basically what we have right now for them. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So, um, Rudy Gobert, I mean, doesn't perform particularly well, but I think the air was up on him. If anybody, um, you know, was a little bit disappointed in what he's done so far or wants to sell, I think he's still uh, easily, I mean, hands down, top 10 center, and you can still make a case for for top five just on rebounding and defensive value. And, you know, he got the majority of the minutes, but I expect the rebounding uh, and, you know, all the rest of the production to tick upward from here. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, don't forget, you can always check out the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball uh, podcast uh, five days a week on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Uh, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and uh, me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out all the rest of the shows brought to you by DraftKings.com the rest of the week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 